0: This episode of the Lynx Golf Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Tourism Ireland. Discover what fills your heart with Ireland, and experience golf like never before. World-class courses, historic links, breathtaking scenery, and unmatched hospitality await. Visit ireland.com backslash golf and start planning your trip today. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. I'm your co-host, Digital editor Al Lunsford, uh, joined by Joe Passoff. Joe, excited for today's conversation because we're talking about golf in my home state as the PGA Tour is back for the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow Club. Uh, Quail Hollow, maybe the first course. It's probably, it's probably not the first course. I think when most people think of North Carolina, they say Pinehurst. But um, Quail Hollow, probably in the conversation, given... Just hosted the President's Cup last year. It's hosted a PGA. It's got another one on the way. And this this perennial PGA Tour event, the Wells Fargo. Um, the Green Mile. Many people know that daunting stretch at the end of Quail Hollow, uh, 16, 17, and 18. And uh, it's a George Cobb. Tom Fazio came in and redid it. Augusta vibes. A lot of comparisons to Augusta. Uh, before we go into pinehurst and more about north carolina joe uh quail hollow club brings what to mind for you perfection
1: (laughs) al uh i don't throw that word around lightly and and in fact um unfortunately i've never had a chance to play there but i have watched it on television over the years i watched it when you were a really young guy before Tom Fazio came in and did the big redo when it was host for something called the Kemper Open. Um, And after Fazio's subsequent revisions, and he's done like two or three different major revisions, changing a number of holes, and then um, a pretty healthy tweak ahead of the President's Cup last year, which we certainly covered well at length. It's perfection in that it seems to be the perfect combination of modern sensibilities, with spectator viewing areas along 18, with all the thrills that you get from massive risk-reward kinds of situations, with water in play, creeks in play, and so forth, but also some classic sensibilities of the rolling terrain and the hardwoods. There's enough width out there where guys can smack their driver all day long enough length on the golf course that you feel like even this generation of pros is getting a terrific test. And, um, I, I mean, again, you know, I, I'm partial to the TPCs for allowing the massive spectator experiences. Um, that's all awesome. But all of those environments that most TPCs were just kind of created out of nothing. Whereas, uh, quail hollow, I mean, I, I understand it's a wonderful club as well, but as a golf layout, both for testing the pros, for the attractiveness of the golf course, and uh, and, and for some nice spectator opportunities, uh, it's it just, it, it's absolutely magnificent to me.
0: It's too late for someone to get to the tournament, probably by the time they hear this episode of the podcast, uh, but it is a very fun golf tournament to go to if you get the chance to go to either the Wells Fargo or the PGA championship when it gets back there is 2025. So not far down the road. Um, so that's a, a good precursor to say um, it's a wonderful place to watch a golf tournament, always great conditioning. Uh, and it's, it's tailor-made kind of built for hosting uh, really good golf. And even Arnold Palmer famously said, before it was built, you build the right golf course. I'll make sure it gets a tournament and it's had a tournament for quite some time out there. Um, but also famously private. So a lot of our conversation today, we could talk for days about a lot of the good private courses in North Carolina. And there are plenty of those, um, Eagle point on the coast hosted the, the Wells Fargo one year, uh, old town club is, is famously, uh, Bill Core's favorite course in the world uh, that he learned a lot of his craft on. And um, I don't know, the list kind of goes on. Dormy Club, Old North State Club, lots of good private golf. Today, we're going to focus on the ones that you can play. Uh, and we're going to kind of go across the state. Yeah, you know, As a North Carolinian myself, as, to to market the state to people, when I say I'm from North Carolina, the California of the East Coast. And why is that? Because you have mountains, you have flatlands, and you have ocean, and you can drive between the two of them, the three of them, any region in North Carolina within the same day. uh, You can do it all right here in the Tar Heel State. Uh, But we'll get to each portion. We'll get to the Pinehurst region that the state is so famous for. uh, But I think for a purpose of our conversation, we're going to start at one end and go to the the next end. So we're going to start on the West, go to the East. We'll start in the mountain region. And Joe, like I said, a lot of good private courses in the mountains, but some fine public mountain designs as well. Uh, what do you know on the mountains of North Carolina?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, Al, uh, if you're going to start with mountain golf in, in North Carolina and, and to be fair, um you're exactly right i I mean it does compare in some ways with much larger california in terms of diversity um i mean north carolina has few peers when it comes to its history the diversity and the quality of its golf courses in those different environments so starting out west yeah you can't ignore the incredible private clubs starting with wade hampton Uh, which many consider Tom Fazio's best design in an incredible career of, of designs. But you have some, you know, some more recent courses such as diamond Creek mountaintop. Uh, Grandfather is an older classic that I am a big fan of. Um, You just have some superlative uh, private clubs out West, but yeah. The reason that those those courses were built was because up in the mountains it's much cooler. You get that uh, that wonderful summer escape. Um, y- you have uh, a couple of classic Donald Ross private courses that were built out there because that's where folks escaped to for a hundred years to get out of the heat and humidity, the bugs, so to speak, of the lower areas. And um, you know, it's it's understandable. The city of Asheville. Is an amazing place. You know, you kind of base your operations around, and then there's a bunch of other communities in and around Asheville. Um, they didn't do as well at, for public access golf out in the mountains, but there's still definitely some worthy candidates uh, to talk about. And, um, you know, why don't I start with uh, another favorite? Uh, being in Asheville is um, the Omni Grove Park Inn and their Donald Ross golf course in Asheville. Uh, Al, what I know about it, having been there three times, uh, it's just one of those fun, old-timey golf courses that is not going to beat you up. I mean, Bobby Jones, Ben Hogan, a bunch of U.S. presidents have played there. Um, you know, it's like a little over 6,700 yards. The routing is just perfect. Again, Donald Ross. Uh, uphill, side hill, downhill lies. Uh, yeah, uh, not going to host today's pros. It's just not a strong enough test. But for most of the rest of us, absolutely charming.
0: I'm going to throw a nod. You, you mentioned Grandfather Country Club, and um that is one of my favorite courses anywhere. Uh, Ellis Maples Design Classic, one of those. Uh, you can't see one hole from the next. Each hole is kind of individualized. Uh, looking up at Grandfather Mountain, the Mile High Bridge up there, uh, it's it's private, but it is one of my favorite courses I've played anywhere. Uh, Ellis Maple's son Dan Maples uh, designed some courses as well in the mountain regions, and uh, there's a 36-hole complex called Rumbling Bald on Lake Lure, uh, that is one of the top mountain area uh, golf facilities you can go and play at. Uh, two courses there, the Apple Valley course and the Bald Mountain course. Uh, Bald Mountain has a lot of those big rock faces hovering above golfers as you play around there, so that's a good 36. Um, and and Joe, a lot of the, the mountain courses I've had the pleasure of playing uh, are private, and a couple of the others that are worth mentioning. Beach Mountain Club. uh, Roaring Gap is one of my favorite courses anywhere as well. Uh, Had a good time. Got a great finishing uh, 18th hole par 3 uphill back towards the clubhouse that you'll frequently see players hitting driver on. Uh, But you can also turn around, and I've seen a, a lot of players hit drives off the side of the mountain the other way from a tee box. Uh, so perched up high above the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, but let's see. You mentioned Omni Grove Park Inn. That's a wonderful place. My my parents love going there for, for their anniversary. In fact, I'm taking an anniversary trip to Asheville as well, uh, coming up here shortly. So it is a charming place in its own right uh, to go. Um, I think, you know, there's a couple others out there. Uh, Jefferson Landing, Larry Nelson uh, design over there, two-time PGA champion and U.S. Open winner. Um, Where else is there? Oh, uh, one that I had found, um, because we recently put a piece of uh, content out there on Instagram affiliated with a a, kind of a a relatively new course, but um, the Old Edwards Club, at Highlands Cove in Cashers. Uh, Now, it's a a private club, but if you can stay at the Old Edwards Inn there in North Carolina, you can play uh, that, and you can play the 12-hole par-3 course from Bo Welling that they just put up there called the Saddle at Glen Cove. Um, I'm looking at a post we did on Instagram from March 6th of that facility, and um, if you know Bo Welling, you know he designs a, a fun layout uh, like he just did at PGA Frisco that as we speak just opened this week in Texas but uh, you can play his par three course there uh, at the old Edwards club and that that covers it for me what anything else from you Joe
1: yeah a couple of notes Uh, first of all I want to echo I uh, rumbling bald I've heard nothing but really good things about with the work they've done there in the last uh, several years Um, One mountain course I think that uh, uh, deserves a little love, especially if you like uh, combining it with casino gaming, is Sequoia National at Harris Cherokee. Uh, Again, uh, that was a Robert Trent Jones Jr. course. A little tight, but gorgeous. And, um, you know, very, very good conditioning. And you can uh, enjoy a little gaming pre and post-golf. One other note. Uh, One of my favorite, we would call it public access courses, Linville Golf Club in Linville, a Donald Ross design from 1924 in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, The pandemic took the public access part of it away. You used to stay at this beautiful little Isiola Lodge, and it would give you access to the otherwise private club but because so many members uh, wanted to play their golf course and have full access to it. Now it's uh, back to basically completely private. And you have to be a guest of a member, not just have a hotel room there. Um, So yeah, Linville golf club, and then a modern version Linville Ridge is another excellent golf course out there. There's so many and so many private, but um, to go out there and spend a little time in Asheville, just a beautiful fun city to walk and shop and dine and then fan out and play a few of these golf courses. Uh, you know, uh, big, big recommendation, you know, for that trip.
0: Dang Joe, I I had seen Linville and maybe it was an older list of, you know, among the top courses that you can play in North Carolina and, you no, I, I always thought like, well, I think that's private, but I'm not sure. Maybe you can play somehow. So ah, it's disappointing to hear. But, you know, maybe the powers that be will hear us talking about it and say, you know what? Let's give some more people an opportunity to play now that the pandemic is kind of in the rear view.
1: I don't know about more people, but Al and Joe would be a great place to start with an invitation to Linville.
0: Yeah, Maybe, maybe not Joe Public, but Joe Passoff, sure. We'll let him out there.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Yeah. And then I, the more I think about it, the more like courses that pop into my head up there and mostly private again. But I just played Elk River, Jack Nicholas design. Um, it's one of those places like Mountain Mountaintop that you mentioned uh, has its own private airstrip at the uh in the community. So uh really cool area of of the state and, and of the country there in the Blue Ridge Parkway, like we mentioned. Um, okay, let's move into the center of the state. This is my territory a little bit. Uh, I live in Greensboro, North Carolina. Before we get to uh, some of those courses, let's go ahead and hit the the lead that we buried. Uh, the, thing, the thing people think about most when you put together the words golf in North Carolina is Pinehurst. Um, Pinehurst Resort at the very top of that list, but the area around Pinehurst, I mean you could play a different course every day and for about you know half a year not not have to repeat the same course that you've played uh, given the amount of density of golf courses in that uh, Pinehurst, Aberdeen, Southern Pines area of North Carolina, the Sand Hills of North Carolina. Um, Joe? Pinehurst number two. Are you a yay, a nay, or a somewhere in between?
1: <laughs> Al, I'm into golf history, so I I can't throw out a strong enough yay for Pinehurst number two. I mean, when you're talking about the sand hills in general, as you just were, um, I, I don't think there's any place in the United States that oozes golf from every pore the way the sand hills, the Pinehurst, Southern Pines, Aberdeen, and and the surrounding communities. Um, there's something about the sand under your feet and the smallish hills and the pines that dot those hills. You think about Pinehurst and, and golf there for more than a hundred years. I mean, we're going on like 125 years and, and plus. At Pinehurst. But think about the fact that it doesn't have an ocean. It doesn't have cliffs and tremendous drama in most of the golf courses in that region. And yet it has been an incredibly powerful magnet for serious golfers, for golfing families, you know, and the rest for all of these years. And boy, oh boy. they have they have made such strides in the last 25 years to pick their game up not rest on their laurels and say here's even a bunch more reasons why you got to come out here so to circle back to pinehurst number 2 listen i mean i've written about pinehurst number 2 since i first played it in 1992 and as I began to understand more and more about golf course design and what it called for, because at first blush, it just doesn't blow you away. I mean, you feel the history and all of the famous people in tournaments that have played there, but gosh, it just seems like a lot of the holes sort of look alike. Okay. Then you play it and then you play it again and again. And I remember hearing uh, it's the greatest course in the world from 50 yards in because the chipping variety and demands were such that they had almost no peer. You can play ground game stuff. You can fly it and check it and or lob it or, you know, and and try to cope with some of the fall offs and all of this because it's sand based. Anyway, after multiple plays covering multiple tournaments and beginning to understand when the greens are up to proper firmness, which they pretty much always are now, you have to place your drive at a certain spot to get the best angle in. And that's important even at the highest levels of the game because otherwise uh, a shot coming from the sand and the love grass and the And the other things that are not fairway or even the proper spot on the fairway are going to leave you with uh, undoubtedly an awkward chip. So I gained much more respect for all of that as the years went on that it looks simple enough. There's one measly pond on the golf course. There's no ridiculous force carries and all of that. But as a golfer, you are thinking you're thinking about where to place the golf ball on every single shot, where you have to land it to then let it run out a little bit and be in the perfect spot to hit an approach putt, a lag putt. And then your chipping has just got to be world class because you're going to miss a bunch of greens. And you've got to have the patience and you've got to have the talent to be able to figure out how to get the ball up and close and maybe try to save a, a par putt. With all of that, it's almost impossible to lose a golf ball on Pinehurst number two. So you're just hitting it, finding it and hitting it again. And um, that's what I love most about Pinehurst number two. It's, you know, absolutely one of golf's great walks and, uh, and actually great tests of golf.
0: I love that. I love the the complexity in the simplicity type of thing where, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't look like much. Everything's kind of flat and, like you said, one hole may not be that much distinguishable from the next, but um, you know, I, I encountered this reading about winged foot as I'm writing a story about winged foot and its centennial year. It's so much about um, the angle of your second shot depends on your drive and how every every single kind of shot on that type of golf course matters in terms of where you are and where you want to be. And how you get to the hole. I guess the one thing that people think about Pinehurst and you know rubs some people the wrong way are those turtleback greens and uh the way they repel shots, the the idea that you could um de-green yourself if you don't hit the right putt, at the right pace, uh drives people nuts. But that's you know, that's the the challenge. That's the hallmark of, of Pinehurst is that um the greens are absolutely uh a challenge and uh, mad maddening, maddening. A- yeah yeah
1: absolutely you you could be i've seen someone walk off pinehurst number two uh, like a scratch golfer because he just could it was beating him up he could not handle the humiliation of these little short shots not going where he wanted them to it's one thing to lose You know, two sleeves of golf balls on a typical Florida golf course where there's water on 16 holes. It's another one to have your score climb because you were on the green at one time in regulation. And either it didn't stay on the green or you didn't keep it on the green. And all of a sudden, yeah, the scratch golfer has shot 84. And what happened?
0: (laughs) So you find yourself not losing a golf ball, but throwing a golf ball in the woods because you don't want to see it anymore.
1: There you go. And, uh, yep. Uh, and fortunately Pinehurst as a resort, and then ultimately the destination itself beyond Pinehurst resort has so many choices. If number two doesn't do it for you there, you can't miss with everything else in the region. Um, but, uh, yep. Yep, uh, we 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 love and sometimes despise Pinehurst Number Two for those reasons. It can make you look silly in a hurry.
0: Totally, um, but really cool to see obviously what Corrin Crenshaw did in restoring the uh, the course and the the sandy waste area, the natural look of of Pinehurst Number Two as they did a few years back. Um, Going to look great when it hosts the U.S. Open again next year, twenty twenty four. Uh, good run for North Carolina, wow, President's Cup, U.S. Open, PGA Championship, just continuing to roll there. Um, Sticking at Pinehurst, you got number four, which a lot of people think now is right up there with number two after what Gil Hands did uh, in his efforts uh, to restore and revamp number four. Uh, Number eight is great. Fazio, I love number eight. Um, I've had the chance to play, I think it's, is it seven or nine? There's a Nicholas one. I can't, I can never remember which one it is. Is That's number
1: number nine. Yeah. Uh Okay.
0: And those are kind of in the same area away from the rest of the resort. Um, I've heard three is good. I haven't played it. That's supposed to be like number two light. They say, um, a shorter version
1: and number one as well. Uh, is a bit uh, like number two light. Uh, Number seven is, uh, if you want to see 1990s architecture, late 80s, early 90s, that's a Reese Jones design. Big shoulders, uh, as we would say. I mean, a really muscular layout. And uh, again, it offers such a worthy alternative to some of the more low-key golf courses, One, two, three. Uh, what Gil Hans did uh, was pretty remarkable at number four. It has the best terrain uh, in my view of all the courses around the Pinehurst clubhouse. And then, you know, putting some classic features and some uh, exposed sand and some great strategy. Uh, wow. What a compliment to number two.
0: I think number one is a must play. Uh, I almost tell people go play number one first um one it's the oldest golf course in the state you know built in the 1890s uh two it's it'll give you an introduction into Pinehurst Resort and what to expect uh it serves as a nice warm-up round it's not not really that difficult of a course um and it really cool it goes past the horse stables there next to to Pinehurst too and um it's just a, a great way to kind of, you know, that gentle handshake that you get on some first holes of some courses. I feel like that's the gentle handshake of Pinehurst is going and playing number one, uh, that, or obviously playing the cradle, um, maybe the most well-known short course in the country. And for good reason, it's the most fun short course I've probably ever played. And it's, it's, I've played several really good short courses, but I kind of just come back to the cradle because it's a it's quick quick nine. It's it's nothing nothing crazy in terms of length. So you can literally just, you know, some courses will give you the, the uh, you know, odd 170 shot or something that you might need to bring more club for. Uh, this is purely like a pitch and putt, but at the highest possible premium level. Uh, and just a lot of fun being right there at the hub of Pinehurst next to the clubhouse.
1: Yeah, I did a story uh, not long ago for the Wall Street Journal on this new breed of par three courses, and uh, Pinehurst president Tom Pashley told me that that little golf course on 10 acres did more to transform the image of sort of stuffy old museum piece Pinehurst to this is a place that you can come have fun with your buddies, with your family, uh, take off your socks and shoes and walk around the golf course, grab a cocktail. Uh, it's just pure fun. And it's the ideal compliment to, yeah, big, important championship golf, which you get a ton of at Pinehurst. And then, hey, you know what? Let's just go dive into the pool, um, splash around, yeah. and, uh, and have a good time on this little cradle golf course.
0: Surrounding areas away from Pinehurst Resort, um, big fan here of Mid Pines and Pine Needles. Uh, that's been a a constant in the rotation and in terms of my buddy's trips, uh, you know, hitting the back-to-back of those two courses right across the road from each other, throwing in like a Mid South, going and playing out there. Um, Southern Pines is one that I haven't seen since that one was redone, but... Um, people cannot stop talking about that place. Um, I don't know if you played out there, Joe.
1: Yeah, I haven't had the chance. I've done both the mid pines and pine needles. Uh, fantastic people going back to the long ownership of Peggy Kirk Bell, who um, unfortunately we we lost a, a couple of years ago. Uh, Kelly Miller and his team doing a phenomenal job of bringing the mid pines course and Pine Needles, keeping them relevant, keeping them better than ever, and then acquiring another old Donald Ross course, Southern Pines, that's now part of that stable. And um, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Pine Needles is terrific. I mean, if it wasn't in the same vicinity as Pinehurst number two, it would even be better known. Terrific, Donald Ross, another great host to the US Women's Open last year. And Mid Pines, was restored by Kyle Franz, who was part of that Core Crenshaw team that restored Pinehurst number two. So, you know, if you don't want the sheer size of Pinehurst Resort, but you got to do it, you got to experience that, you know, at some point. Um, a little more on the low key side would be Pine Needles Lodge, Mid Pines Inn, and Southern Pines, uh, all absolutely worthy candidates.
0: Kyle Franz is the name to to keep an eye on um, he's obviously done great work there in, in Pinehurst and with core Crenshaw and he's now getting an opportunity to build uh, be a solo uh, architect and and his design at Cabot Citrus farms and that property that's debuting at the end of the year um, man, he's doing some really cool things there. We had a chance to go tour that property and he's just a great golf mind like, he knows his history, uh, and he knows that, you know, he plays uh, – he'll play the hits, but he'll also kind of give his his own little flair on certain things. So, uh, name to know, moving forward, Kyle Franz. Uh, anyways, we move on to kind of our next region. Last one uh, in this conversation for me, uh, and then there's Tobacco Road.
1: <laughs> perfect way of putting it Al
0: <laughs> so okay I'm a fan of Tobacco Road I, a huge fan and there are people that aren't and what I'll say to that and I don't know what you're going to say Joe but um, for me it's it's just like a. there's so many things about Tobacco Road that's just like you can't do that like how can you possibly think that that's okay but that's the whole point for me. I like it's so obscure, uh, absurd and obscure and so out there. Uh, Mike strands clearly just using the, the foremost of his artistic mind to craft this course and make it so much like something that isn't anything close to, you know, pure golf or anything else that's really out there. Uh, But to me, that's, that's the whole idea like you're you're playing a video game golf course out there and it's if you can embrace that if you can just take it for what it is and and have fun with the quirkiness uh i think you'll enjoy it and unless you go in there thinking that like i'm gonna beat this golf course and you know it's not it's not something i can't handle you're gonna be presented with a bounce or a slope or a blind shot that is you can either scratch your head at or you can just kind of chuckle at. So um, i huge fan of Tobacco Road. I don't know what, what you're going to say, but go ahead.
1: Al, it's a, an acceptable take. <laughs> there are so many passionate advocates for Tobacco Road. You see them on social media all over the place. Um, my first trip there, uh, I was one of those uh, on the opposite side. Uh, I thought I was going to beat this short course into submission, that it would absolutely play to my game, which was short but straight. Um, I was playing with a uh, long-ago uh, staff editor, Brad King, at Lynx Magazine, who I was normally, uh, shall we say, well, seven shots better than Brad. And on this day, he beat me by 10. Uh, it was I was just not getting it. <laughs> And Brad was relishing in it. And I mean, it was frustrating all the way around. Now, since that first trip, as it left me muttering and grumbling, um, what I've come to love about Tobacco Road, okay? I'm I'm not (laughs) as passionate as many. It's just, Mike Strands took chances. He pushed the envelope. He deliberately moved dirt around to build something that was against the norm, against convention and a textbook. Wow, to move all that around just to create a blind green? Why would you do that? Ah, I'm a little older, a little wiser now. And what I love about Tobacco Road is it stimulates conversation about architecture. It makes you feel something. It, you have to express your opinion. There's so many plain Jane vanilla golf courses out there that are perfectly fine. But none or few that compare in America with Tobacco Road for getting you to express strong opinions, positive or negative. And I really do love and appreciate that about Tobacco Road.
0: Of any course on this list, this is the one for me that for those reasons, you must play. And it's not going to be crazy in terms of uh, cost. I mean, I think it's about 150 or so, uh, will get you out there. Uh, but it's, it's what Joe's describing and, you know, the feeling you get when you're, you're playing that first tee and then there, there's these two, you know, manufactured dunes that are, you have to kind of split, but not really. Cause when you see the other side of the dunes, you realize there's a lot of fairway out there. Um, It's just a, he's playing mind games with you all day. And, um, I, yeah, I don't know it, everyone to have an opinion you need to go play it and then you can tell us what you think. But, uh, for me, that's the one of any of these you, you have to play at some point just to just take my word for it.
1: For sure. And Al, before we leave the Sandhills, uh, I'll let you get in a quick plug for a new course coming online at Pinehurst Resort.
0: Oh, totally. We should mention that. Um, you've probably seen news about this, but Pinehurst number 10 is in the works. Um, Tom Doak and Renaissance Golf Design are building the 10th course out there. Led, uh leading the charge, uh, the lead associate for Doke is Angela Moser, who we did a piece on in the last issue of Links uh, in our characters section. She's a a another name to know, um, especially being a woman in the industry, that's that's made a, a great name for herself. And she's she's doing wonderful things there at number ten. Uh, she's been involved in a lot of big projects, uh, but outside of number ten to get her to this point. Uh St. Patrick's Lynx, O'Hoopy Match Club, Streamsong Black, just to name a few but um, number 10, they're saying should be ready to play before the U.S. Open next year, so before next June. Um, Check out the progress on their website. looks like it's coming along really well, and uh, people are excited. It's built on the site of a course called The Pit that uh, went away, has been gone for for several years, but um, they're using that land, and what they say there is that there's a lot more elevation change there than the typical um sand hills area golf course so it'll be a little something a little different than than what pinehurst currently has and um with a name like tom Doak attached to it it's got to be good this episode of the lynx golf podcast is sponsored by our good friends at tourism ireland discover what fills your heart with ireland and experience golf like never before world-class courses historic links breathtaking scenery and unmatched hospitality await visit ireland.com backslash golf and start planning your trip today so before we go to the coast i think joe you had mentioned that there's a, a subsection that we should hit instead of there's just these three strict regions um what's what's another area or another kind of different different section of this conversation we should discuss
1: Yeah, Al, uh, I mention it because the three major regions that we're discussing are golf vacation regions. That's where you specifically plan a trip, whether it's a weekend or a week, uh, to go to the mountains, to go to the sand hills, to go to the coast. But um, if you happen to be somewhere for whatever reason, for a day or two, and you want to stop off and play golf, The uh, inland cities, the universities in North Carolina, all seemingly the major ACC uh, universities all happen to have really good golf courses that are open for at least some public play. And um, man, oh man, you've also got a couple of uh, cities from Greensboro to Winston-Salem to Raleigh that have their own uh, excellent golf courses, often at tremendous value pricing. So I wanted to get in a plug for those just in case you happen to be in any of those regions.
0: Well, I give you permission to do so, Joe. Okay. <laughs> Al, uh,
1: let me ask you, do you know anything about Greensboro, North Carolina?
0: Yeah, yeah, I happen to. Um, <laughs> talk, you're, you're talking to a man who's sitting in the uh, in the area code right now.
1: All right. Well, uh, there's a public access golf course called Forest Oaks Country Club. And um, it was a PGA Tour venue as a private club for 30 years, 1977 to 2007. Uh, Pretty sure it was an Ellis Maples design. And, um, you know, it was a club that during tougher years just had challenges keeping a membership up when there was so much competition and you know, not enough money floating around, but with a very fine golf course, uh, they ultimately turned public. And now, man, it's an affordable public golf course. That uh, again, I I think sixty five bucks is the most you can play to ride on the weekends. And we're talking about a golf course that uh, Seve Ballesteros, Raymond Floyd, Lanny Watkins—they've won there. So if you like walking in famous footsteps um forest oaks is a good choice right uh, right in greensboro
0: mm-hmm. that's where the uh the current the Wyndham championship is the pga tour event that you're referring to it used to be the ggo greater greensboro open chrysler classic of greensboro at one point um it was at sedgefield and then they went to forest oaks for a little while now obviously it's back at sedgefield um but good good shout good good tip there
1: all right, I got one more for you. 10 miles from Winston-Salem is a public park golf course called Tanglewood Park. Again, it doesn't register on the national radar screens too often. But Tanglewood was the site of the 1974 PGA Championship. Oh, what happened there? Eh, not much. Lee Trevino beat Jack Nicholas by a shot. And 62-year-old Sam Sneed finished third. Come on you got to go play that Robert Trent Jones golf course just because of the PGA championship in 1974 um if i remember the the senior tour chip tour champions uh, played there for many years and also had a share of famous names winning a ton of bunkers out there very strong test of golf no matter what your ability but um you know again we're talking 60 bucks tops to play a pga championship venue and uh you know if you're anywhere near winston salem check it out
0: i'm ashamed because i haven't played it and and i know it's there i just haven't gone there to play but but joe tanglewood if you're from north carolina then you probably think of tanglewood because of the annual festival of lights um, they they have over a million Christmas lights out there, this drive through uh light display every year at Tanglewood Park. Um that, you know, maybe a lot of people don't realize that they're driving past a major championship venue when they're doing so. Uh, but that's like that used to be the thing. You'd load up the car uh with the kids and and go up to Tanglewood and drive through. It takes I mean, it takes almost an hour to get through the, the drive-through portion of the, the light show. It's, it's very impressive setup. Um, but, but Hey, there's good golf for a good value there too. And I've got, I've got a couple for you as well. All right, actually. So while we're sticking here, um, and obviously you mentioned the, the college courses. So UNC Finley, uh, the Washington Duke, um, and Lonnie pool and NC state. That's a good, uh, trifecta in the triangle of North Carolina. Um, And that's
1: basically Raleigh area, right, Al?
0: They're all within about 15 miles of each other right Mm -hmm. there. So, um, yeah, some really quality golf there. Uh, While I'm sticking in in Greensboro, for me, one of the best values um, and a really fun place to play is Bryan Park. Uh, They have 36 holes out there. Uh, Reese Jones course and another course that was – George Cobb and Reese came and did some some work on it, uh, but particularly the the Champions Course, Reese Jones design uh, opened in 1990. It has seven holes, uh, lakeside on Lake Lure, and for between fifty and sixty dollars, this course is for me. It I. I forgot about it. I played it in high school growing up and just kind of forgot about it. Then we moved back to Greensboro and I played this in like a charity tournament. I'm like, this is fantastic. It reminds me a lot of uh, Reynolds, like a Coney, those lake lakeside courses that are there. Um, it's just, just remarkable. Some of the shots you get out there and and to say you only paid 50 or 60 bucks is it's really fun. Uh, always in pretty good condition too. The other one I'll mention is an Asheboro, and in the same vein as, as Tobacco Road, it's of course called Hill Farm, uh, also designed by Mike Strands. If you're doing a little Mike Strands tour, hitting Tobacco Road, hitting the true blue in Caledonia up in Myrtle Beach, uh, you should also check out Tot Hill Farm. Uh, in recent years, I think it had kind of uh, been forgotten about a little bit, grown out, and, and it wasn't in great shape new ownership group has come in, uh, and are giving this course new life. Uh, so later this year it'll, it'll open back up, uh, freshly cut new greens, uh, restore. They have some of the old pictures from Mike strands that they use to restore some of the features out there, some of the bunkers. And, um, and if you like going to the zoo, the North Carolina zoo is also in Ashbury So you make this a, uh, a tandem trip play play a strands course uh one that's been redone and should be in really good shape later this year uh and go see some lions and some giraffes some crazy animals there at the north carolina zoo they actually have a really massive and and well done zoo there so the state zoo in north carolina there as well That
1: sounds that sounds like a fun day yeah, uh, some of the craziness of Mike Strand's design, followed by some wild animals. That's that's a good day.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll say so. Um, okay, so now let's get to the the coast of North Carolina. Um, I don't think we save the best for last in terms of the best golf in the state, uh, but there is still some good golf to be played on the coast. Uh, Joe, in in your in your notes, what? is at the top of your list
1: well you know people forget when we talk about the coast of north carolina um people forget that the grand strand of myrtle beach extends from south carolina up into north carolina and so even though south carolina's greatest courses are uh, myrtle beach you know are, are down a little further south there's a fistful of Excellent golf courses uh, north of the border. So, in one sense, that's where I'd start. Um, and 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 there's a you know a fair number of them. A uh, couple of big multi-course complexes. Sea Trail in Sunset Beach is one of them. Uh, three golf courses: Reese Jones, Dan Maples, Willard Bird. I played the Reese Jones course there. Um, Ocean Ridge Plantation. Uh, had four Tim Kate golf courses that have all been ranked in different people's rankings. Uh, they have Lion's Paw, Panthers Run, Tiger's Eye, and uh, man, I'm forgetting one, but um, yeah, Leopard's Chase, Lion's Paw, Panthers Run, Tiger's Eye, every one of them is good, um, is really good. Uh, an Arnold Palmer course, you want a tough, fun golf course to River's edge in shallot i think they pronounce it
0: i think it's shallot shallot
1: thank you uh, i need a i need a tarheel man to correct me on that but yeah that was really challenging uh, arnold palmer course it's very attractive as well um so that's kind of the myrtle beachy grand strand part of north carolina but um there are a few other coastal courses that uh, are worthy of mention and uh unfortunately few of them are actually right on the coast the way you get to appreciate say the ocean course at Kiowa. Um, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of coastland, but we could say the same thing about Virginia and all the way up the coast. They did not build golf courses, you know, right on water's edge and, and, and that sort of thing. But that doesn't mean you can't find good places to play with coastal breezes and attractive scenery. Um, Al, one uh, I've never had the pleasure of. Have you? Which is Bald Head Island Club. That yeah. is on Bald Head Island. Tell tell me about that. I've heard wonderful things about that place.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. Um, it's another one of those where you're like, ah, that's that's a private course. I don't think I can play. You actually can uh, if you stay uh, in a guest house uh, with with member privileges. So. Um, you can go and stay on the Island and have access to the baldhead Island club and get to play that course. And it's just great. It's not right on the ocean. Like you're talking about, uh, but you feel the ocean the entire time. It's pretty exposed. It does weave a little bit through that like maritime forest area. Um, but it's, you know, holes that are pinched in by lagoons. It's some Island or peninsula style greens, uh, and it's always, always in wonderful condition. Um, okay. love Bald Head Island Club.
1: And, and that's one that you have to take a ferry ride over to get to?
0: You do. You can't get to the island, um, by driving. You drive to Southport in North Carolina and take the, the Bald Head Island ferry over. So it's on the island. It's, it's only golf carts. Um, and, uh, and several rental properties that you can look into and, and stay and, and give you the, those privileges. But it's also just a great place to go um, and stay. And they have some excellent beaches on the Island. Um, great place for a wedding. I've, I've seen a couple of weddings there as well. Uh, and it's a beautiful ferry ride, especially if you can catch uh, if you're into this kind of thing, if you catch the first ferry out in the morning and watch the sun rise over the ocean Uh, that's just a wonderful way to start a day.
1: All right. Um, Al, uh, another one that uh, got a little bit of attention close to 10 years ago that I've never been to. uh, Always curious about, certainly an amazing value, is Wilmington's Municipal Golf Course, a Donald Ross course from the 20s. I believe uh, John uh, Fote revamped it, so to speak. uh, Restoration, some renovation um Again, have you had any experience with Wilmington Muni?
0: No, I haven't. Um, I did, you know, hear it in conversation, but I've, I've never actually gotten the chance to play out there.
1: Yeah, if you're in the region, you know, near the coast, uh and, and wow, this is a Donald Ross course, and it's public, and it's, you know, pretty inexpensive. So, you know, again, you would do yourself a disservice if you didn't at least go try to check that out and encounter some more Donald Ross. Um, Another one that uh, I I haven't encountered in a few years, but was the Currituck Club. And I don't know, honestly, sorry, if it's private these days or if it's still public access, but that was another very fine Reese Jones course in the Outer Banks. And uh, just haven't run across it, even in preparing for today's podcast. Uh, any, Any thoughts on that one?
0: Um, I, again, yeah, I've, I've heard of the Currituck club. I've not played it. Um, and I know it's, it's out there on the the fingerling Island of in the, in the outer banks. Um, so again, don't, don't know a ton about a lot of these places. You mentioned the ocean Ridge plantation. I've played out there. I played high school matches out there for really great courses. Uh, we played hard, On my bachelor party, I went and played out there, so um, it's a lot of fun, and if that gives you any any indication, it's not that expensive either. We were just looking to play some golf and have a good time, and that's a good place to do it. They have uh, The good part about that area is because it's so saturated with courses, you can play some really good golf for not that much money because they're all kind of competing with each other. Uh, so they can't really hike up the greens fees too much or you're, they're going to lose all their all their play. So uh, it it makes it it's nice that a lot of the courses that you're mentioning are, are close to that grand strand, too, because because of that factor and because you can scoot down and play those in South Carolina as well.
1: Yeah, indeed. there was a golf course. I, I always liked the name. Uh, intrigued by it. Uh, I've never had the chance to go there, even with two invitations. Uh, Nagshead in the outer banks. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I heard it was seaside, you know, as far as breezes and uh, the, the uh, foliage, vegetation, um, but also, you know, hemmed in a little bit with some some real estate and so forth. And again, I, you know, I, until you actually go there and check it out for yourself, you don't know, but um, it, it sounded like a nice experience when you're looking to get that uh, summer breeze aspect to your golf.
0: Yeah, the uh the Outer Banks are are obviously pretty exposed. You got water on both sides. So, um coming coming away from the the Roanoke Sound and and the Atlantic Ocean, uh you're going to get some some beautiful holes there on the East Coast and some some pretty challenging ones as well.
1: Yeah, we should mention in the Wilming, if you're in the Wilmington area and uh, are connected to folks who are connected to places, Eagle Point, we mentioned that was a substitute host for the Wells Fargo a couple of years ago. Uh, Tom Fazio, very private, uh, fun par 3 course and an excellent top 100 kind of uh, layout, uh, big caddy program, walking, um, very, very strong, and then a 36-hole complex called Landfall which goes back to the eighties. And, uh, I remember playing the, uh, I want to say it was the Pete Dye course there with our friend from Perry golf, Gordon Dogleesh, and, uh, enjoying the course and the club very, very much. Um, Cape fear national, another one that enters into some conversations in Wilmington that's private, um, or, uh, or even Cape fear country club that, uh, uh, You know, is, again, an older style golf course. Uh, Love the name Cape Fear, if you were a fan of classic uh, suspense movies. Um, And, you know, an actual hurricane. So uh, attracted its share. But, uh, yeah, that's, um, uh, again, it doesn't get as much of its due. But folks from Carolina, Al, you being one of them, understand the appeal of getting out to those coastal towns, especially for a summer retreat and getting those good ocean breezes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cape Fear, that's funny that you say that. The first thing I think of, too, is the the movie, Cape Fear. So uh, if nothing else, use that as a, a springboard. Say, oh, I know Cape Fear. It might be a good logo to have a good conversation starter because people will recognize what Cape Fear is.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: So yeah, moral of the story here for me, again, I'll pump it. It's the California of the East Coast. Uh, you can play a lot of good golf, a lot of diverse golf around the state of North Carolina. And it's not going to take you really long to get anywhere in particular. Um, so if you wanted to do a big tour of the state and, and carve out a week to play on the ocean, to play in the sand hills, and to play in the mountains, North Carolina offers you everything and more in that regard.